Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daftsadi Vavam at Aleph, the top line. Just to finish this last sugya, we had that Rabbi Yehuda Meshmul, that Shmuel said the halacha follows Rabbi Yaisi. Now, we had two different interpretations of what Rabbi Yaisi Shita is based on the Mishnah. Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha felt that according to Rabbi Yaisi, when a woman remarries based on the, a single witness, the issue is not adultery. Rather, the issue is... Um, it concerned that it looks like it's a machsa grushasai, and therefore, if the woman is just, and therefore, in our Mishnah, the case of Achaisishtai, this is from the end of yesterday's daf, the case of Achaisishtai would not be a problem unless it's by Kedushin, because by Kedushin, if the wife was just Niskadish, then the concern is that people will think that the Kedushin was not really Chal. And when he married the wife's sister, that was the first marriage, that was a real marriage, and therefore the wife's sister was married to one person, got divorced, married him, because ne- he was never really married to the wife, and then got divorced and remarried the, the brother. So the, the, her original husband, which is a problem of, of, mechzik, uh, of, of Machzor Grushasa. So the Gemara said, though, that how could Shmuel pass like Rav Yaisi? The problem is Shmuel also says that the cases are Yavama, a Yavama, uh, a brother is Niskadish a woman. So a brother is Mekadish a woman. And then he goes overseas and uh, the witnesses say that he died. So the brother does Yibam. And then the, the original brother shows up. The husband shows up. Shmuel says, Shmuel says that he's allowed to go back to his wife. The woman who had done Yibam is allowed to go back to her original husband. Now the problem is, if Shmuel Taka holds like Rav Yaisi, that we're concerned that by Kedushin, it looks like it's, that people will think it's not a real Kedushin, then why are you allowed to go back to the wife? L'chair over here, people will think that it was not a real Kedushin, and that when the brother married her, it was a valid marriage, because she was never married before, and when they got divorced, the, 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 what we call the original husband is now marrying her, he's marrying his, uh, his brother's divorcee, which is a problem, so how could Shmuel say both? So the Gemara just answers two pshatim, and that is, Shmuel, when, when Shmuel said the halacha of Rav Yaisi, we're assuming that, right, Shmuel said the halacha of Rav Yaisi. The problem was, Shmuel also said by Yavama, the words is, uh, Now, we thought that that's the case was, what I just described. However, the Gemara says there's two different interpretations. Inami, Perhaps, when Shmuel said the case of a Yavama is not like an Eshesish and she's Mutter, it's not because of the interpretation of Rav Huna, rather could Rav Hamnuna. Dom Rav Hamnuna shayimeres yom shizinsa asur li Yavama, Rav Amareki Eshesish, Mipsel Biznus, Shmuel Eneke Eshesish, Bolem Yisrael Biznus. Perhaps the case of Yavama is not exactly what Rav Huna had said, and it's not related to Rav Yaisi at all. The case of Yavama is Stam, a Yavama commits adultery. Right, she marries this person because the person thought he was doing yibam, but her husband's uh, alive. So the case is not in Ashish. The case is stam. A woman is waiting yibam, and she lives with someone else. She lives with someone, not the yavam. So the question the machlek is Rav and Shmuel is whether it's considered an Ashish or not. Rav Hamnuna held that if a woman who's waiting to do yibam lives with someone else, she's it's considered adultery. So Rav holds like that. Shmuel doesn't. According to this interpretation of Shmuel, it has nothing to do with Rav Yaisi's discussion at all. It's Tamashaila if you live with a woman who's waiting to do yibam, whether she becomes Aser. Inami, a final uh, 
a way to answer it, and that is Kedushin Toivsin Bivamikamifilgi. The case of Ram and Shmuel that they're arguing is again not related to Rav Yosi at all. Rather, the Machlekes is this: a woman is waiting to do Yibam, and someone else is Mekadisher. Rav Rav says she's like an Eishesish. And Kedushin is not Taifas. Shmuel Amenikish is betosib about Kedushin. So according to this version, the Machlekes Rav and Shmuel has nothing to do with Rav Yaisi at all. It's not a shayla whether Kedushin is Taifas by Yavama. The Gemara says, Ah, Hafligu Bechadazimna. Don't they argue once about this already? This is Chad Mechachavertitma. They argued about this once before. And this is an offshoot of that Machlekes. Okay. New Mishnah. This Mishnah we had previously. We had this previously many, many, many dafim ago. I'll tell you exactly when. We had this Mishnah in Daf Nun Dalit, which is 42 days ago. The Mishnah deals with, I have a picture from Art Scroll, five women. We'll call her A, B, C, and D, and E. A and B are uh, sisters through the same father, B and C are sisters through the same mother, C and D are sisters through the same father, and D and E are sisters through the same mother. So A, C, and E are not related at all, but A and B is related, B and C is related, C and D is related, and D and E is related. And the case is, a person is married to a woman, finds out, he's told that his wife died, so he marries her uh, paternal sister. So A died, so he marries B. Then he's told B dies, he's married C. Then he'll C dies, he marries D. Then he says D died, and he marries E. And it turns out they're all alive. So now he's married to five women. Um, so the halacha is, he could only stay related, he could only stay with the women that are not related to each other. He can, obviously cannot stay with sisters, but he could stay with... Um, uh, he could stay with the women who are not related. They, let's see the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. A man went to a man's wife. He's told that the wife died. He marries her paternal sister, B. Then he's told that she died. He marries B's maternal sister, C. He's told she died. He marries her paternal sister, that's D. Then he's told that D dies. So he marries... Her maternal sister, he marries E. The Nimsu Kulan Kayama is, and he turns out they're all alive. So, what's the halacha? He's allowed to stay married with A, C, and D in A, C, and E because they're not related to each other. And they're actually his wives. So, if he does Yibam to the co wife, if, if Yibam is done to their co wives, it's legitimate Yibam because they're actually married. But he is not married to be an B and uh, D, because B and D, two and four, are sisters of the other wives. So th- those are not marriages. And if you were to die childless and someone to do Yibam with B and D, it would not affect, it would not be a mitzvah of Yibam because they're not actually married. Now, that's the case where he married all five. What happens if he marries A, B, C, D, and E, but he's actually told that not all are alive, but A, Taka died, but B, C, D, and E are alive. So, then the halacha is, he's mutter for B and D, because he's mutter for those two, because they're not related to C and E. In Baal, Shni Allah Hamishas Rishayna, Mutter Bishni Abrivius, who Paiteris are saying, Basa Bishni Hamishas, Bambias Achas and Paiteris are saying. Okay, fine. Now the Mishnah turns its attention 
to the halacha of a nine-year-old boy. The halacha is that a nine-year-old boy, it's considered halachic bia if he lives with someone, but he's not able to be kind and isha with that bia. So if he lives with a married woman, she'll get the death penalty. Obviously, he won't because he's under bar mitzvah, but he's not able to mekadesh and isha with bia or kaina yivama by bia below the age of bar mitzvah. Chazal made it that a nine-year-old boy who does yibam, who actually lives with a yivama, it's treated like a mimer. It's treated like if he, if the, if he, if an adult had done kedushin. So, the Mishnah says like this: Ben Teisha son of Yehimachad, a boy of nine years old, who poisoned the Achim. If he does yibum, he disqualifies the other brothers. Let's say there's three brothers, all waiting to do yibum, and he goes ahead and and lives with the woman first. It's not accomplishing yibum, but no other brothers can do yibum. It's like a mimer. And the other brothers can only do chalitza, and vice versa. If the other brothers do yibum, then he obviously cannot do yibum either. The other brothers do maimer, he can't do yibum either. What's the difference? The difference is, he only disqualifies if he's the first to act, but the brothers disqualify whether they're the first or the last. Now the conclusion of the Gemara is that this is referring to maimer. If one brother who's an adult does mimer, then he disqualifies the other brothers from doing anything. They can't do anything. They can't do yibam, and they can't do mimer, and they can't do chalitza. They're not allowed to. A katan also, if he's the first one to do bia, then it's like mimer, so it's so he disqualifies. However, if let's say the katan does mimer first, yeah, and then one of the brothers does mimer, one of the brothers does yibam, one of the other brothers, so they do it after him, so they're soif. The halacha is that what they did is affecting enough that the younger brother cannot do yibam. However, if the younger brother goes after the adult, so let's say you have an adult male who does, one of the brothers does mimer, and then the katan does mimer, the halacha is, if the katan is doing mimer after the older brothers, it's not effective. If a nine-year-old boy lives with the Yavama, he disqualifies the other brothers from doing Yivam. But if the other brothers live with her first, or do Maimer, or they disqualify the minor from doing Yivam as well. Okay, the Gemara will explain. So the Gemara says, Just stop my question. It says that he married um, his wife's half sister after the death of his first wife. They're all after the death of the first wife. What it means is that he, after he found out that his first wife had Vade died, then he turned, um, uh, meaning the second case where it says, uh, it means that in the second case, the first wife actually had died. In the first case of the Mishnah, they are all alive. Okay. So then the Mishnah said about a nine-year-old boy. Now, the, the problem with the Mishnah's Lashen is that the Mishnah is saying that the nine-year-old boy, he's able to disqualify the brothers if he acts first. But if he acts after them, so they do a mimer, and then he does something, it does, it's not effective. The problem is, the implication from that is that if the a brother, an older brother, were to do mimer, and then he were to actually do Yibam, it would not disqualify uh, because he's doing it. He's not the first to act. That's not true. When it comes to Bia, a Bia of a nine-year-old apostles always, whether he's the first actor or not. So why does the Mishnah say that it's only effective if he's, if he's the first to act? That's not true. 
When it comes to Bia, it's effective even if he's not the first act. So the Gemara is going to say the distinction between the first act or not when a nine-year-old is when it comes to Mimer. When it comes to Bia, it's Taka effective. It, it, he, 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 he makes a halachic difference whether he acts first or not. The Gemara says like this. If one brother does Mimer, and then a nine-year-old has, does Yibam Pasla. It disqualifies, even though he's not the first to act. So you see that a nine-year-old disqualifies even if he's not the first to act. So how could you say that it's only if he's the first to act? It's not true. So the answer is, The answer is, when it comes to Bia, a nine-year-old always disqualifies whether he's the first to act or not. When it comes to Maimer, it's only effective if he's the first to act. The Gemara says, is it true that a child's, a nine-year-old's Bia, even if he's not the first act, so let's say one brother does Maimer and then he does Bia, it's effective, as we just said, but doesn't the Bryce also say, I'm saying the mission actually says, the mission when it's describing how the, the younger son has to be the first act, it says Bia. So you see that even when it comes to Bia, he has to be the first act, and it's not always effective. So the Gemara says, this is what it means. The mission is missing words. This is what the mission should read. Concerning a nine-year-old, the nine-year-old is only effective if he's first, but they're effective whether they're first or last. When is this true that the nine-year-old is only effective when he's the first to act? Is with When it comes to Bia, it disqualifies even at the end. What's the example? Okay. Now, now, the, the Brysa says, it's clear from the Brysa that a nine-year-old boy is able to do Mimer. And, and there's a distinction whether he's the first to act or, 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 or not. Does a minor, a, a nine-year-old boy able to do Mimer at all and to have it that the other brothers cannot do Yibam Vatanya? But the Brysa says, The Brysa is describing abilities to to accomplish and to disqualify the Yavama. And it says that a nine-year-old is only able to disqualify her through one way, and that's through Bia. The other brothers are able to disqualify through four ways. Bia, Maimer, Get, Chalitza. Achim, Maimer, Bia, Chalitza. So you see that a child is not able to do Maimer, because it's not listed. So the Gemara says, no, really a child is able to do Maimer, and it's effective if he's the first one. So why is it not listed? Because the Mishnah wanted to list things that are effective, whether you're the first or the last. A mimer, um, which mimer, which is only only done at first, it's not listed in the Mishnah. Even though, if because it's not, if you do it at last, it's not effective. But because, but at the end of the day, mimer is effective if it's done first. It's not listed in the Mishnah because the Mishnah is looking for things that are uh, always effective, whether first or last. Bia de pasul psikale. Itmar Nami, the Brisa similarly states, get. A, ma- a child can disqualify the Yavama by giving her a get. He also said that he could give a Maimer. Does Rameir take a hold that a Katan can give a get? And it's effective, meaning if the Katan gives the Yavama a get, it's effective. Vatanya, meaning effective that she can't do Yibam to the other brothers. Vatanya, also Bias Bantesha. 
The Bryce describes how they treated a nine-year-old Bia of Yibam like a Mimer of an adult. They treated a chalitza of a nine-year-old like an adult get. Now, meaning just like an adult get, a get from an adult disqualifies her, so to chalitza. Why say an adult get? If a child is able to give a get, it should say they treat it like a child's get. Vimisa If a nine-year-old is able to give a get, then it should say the nine-year-old's chalitza is like a nine-year-old get, that it disqualifies. The answer is Amrav Huna Isle. The truth is a minor under Bar Mitzvah is able to disqualify Yevama by giving a get Vizutar, but it's less effective than the get of an adult brother. Um, the minor's chalitza therefore is equal to a is equal to an adult get and not to a child's get. Now the Gemara explains why what does it mean? So right now we're saying that a, a, a child, a nine-year-old, who gives a get to a, a, a Yavama, it's effective, but it's not as effective as an adult get. What does it mean? The Rav Gamliel, in get after get, when Rav Gamliel says there's no validity of get after get, so let's say two brothers, one gives a get, then the other one gives a get. So the first one, it's effective, that the halach is when you give a woman a get, you become puzzled to her relatives. So the first brother gave her a get, so he's puzzled to her relatives. The second brother gave a get, says Rav Gamliel, it's not effective, because what do you accomplish? That's only true when they're both gedolim above bar mitzvah, or both katanim. But a adult yavam that gives a get after a katan gave a get, mahani, it's effective. So that's what it means that a minor's get is less effective because if a gadol were to give a, min- a get after the katan, it would be effective. And when the Rabbanan said, you could have a get after a get, and uh, another way that the katan's get is not strong is that if you hold that, like the Rabbanon, that a get after a get is effective, two brothers give a get, they both give a get, they're both us to relatives, that's only true when it's a gadol after a gadol, but if the, if the gadol gives a get, then the katan gives a get, the katan's get is not effective at all. Go to the next page. Okay. Mishnah says like this. Again, we're talking about a nine-year-old doing yibam. We said that we treat it like a mimer. If you have a nine-year-old who did yibam, and then the twin brother, who's also a nine-year-old, did yibam. So they both lived with her. So the question is, um, can the first brother continue living with her? Do we say that the second brother, it's like he disqualified, or, or is it nothing? So Paisal Yade, the the the, the Tanakama feels that the second brother's uh, bia disqualifies the first brother from taking Yibam because he looks at it as the bia of a katan, the Yibam of a katan under the age of our mitzvah, it's like partially effective. So each one was partially effective. So it's like she was taken by two brothers to do Yibam, which is obviously a problem. Rashimin Amaloy Paisal. Rashimin actually says no. Why? Rashimin looks at the bia of a katan as either effective or not. It's a suffix. But Mimonashach, so the first brother did Yibum, right? So it's one of two things. Either it's nothing, or it's fully effective. When the second brother, also nine-year-old, then just did Yibum, it's Mimonashach, not a problem. If you perceive a nine-year-old as nothing, then the second one's nine-year-old's Bia is also nothing. If you believe that the Bia of a Katan at that age of Yibum is, is effective, 
then the first one already affected everything. The second one is nothing. The second one, you can't affect more than that's done. So therefore, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was I was actually thinking this. I see Rashi's bothered by this. If Shimon holds that the bia of a katan is either nothing or it's everything. So therefore, if the first one lives with her, it's either nothing or everything. Meaning, it's either not accomplishing yibum or it's fully accomplishing yibum. So the second one is meaningless because it's either not accomplishing anything. So you know, or it's fully accomplished, but in which case the first one already accomplished everything. What about an act of adultery? Why isn't it an act of adultery? Now, so Rashi's bothered by this. Um, ah, so the case is, Rashi says, is that it has to be where the woman thinks this is permitted. So it's considered like a shoygig. So you have to say. Okay. So you see there's a Machlegas Tanakam of Shimon, whether a nine-year-old Yibam is either not accomplishing anything as being a married husband and wife, or it accomplishes everything. So, a similar case. You have a nine-year-old that does Yibam. And then the nine-year-old lives with the co-wife, the second Yibam. So, the Tanakam who feels that the nine-year-old does partial, so he partially acquired one wife, then he partially acquired the co-wife. That's a problem. Shimon says no, because again, Shimon is consistent that he feels that a nine-year-old is either nothing or everything. Therefore, once he lived with the first wife and then he lived with the co-wife, it didn't do anything by living with the co-wife, because it either did not accomplish anything, but then it didn't accomplish anything by either, or it's considered accomplishing, but he already accomplished it with the first wife, and then living with the co-wife is just a sin. The Gemara speaks it out. Tanya, Amlem, Rav Shem, and Lacham, Rav Shem speaks Lacham. In Bia Rishayna Bia, if you perceive a nine year old Bia as affecting, the Bia Shniya Eina Bia, then the second one is not accomplishing. In Bia Rishayna Eina Bia, and if you believe that the nine year old did not accomplish anything, the Bia Shniya Nami Eina Bia, then when he lived with the co wife, it also didn't accomplish anything. So you see, that's a Shemeshita. Now, the Gemara does point out one thing, and that is we treat a nine year old's Bia like a mimer. Yeah? And the Chachamim say that if the nine-year-old lived with both co-wives, then it's like he did mimer to two co-wives, and it's a problem. So Masis and like Ben Azah, the Gemara points out, this Mishnah is not like Ben Azah, the Tanya, Ben Azah, yesh mimer achar mimer b'shnei yivom and v'yivom achas, ve'in mimer achar mimer b'shnei yivom mois v'yivom echad. Ben Azah holds that a, a mimer is like, it's like a, like a, it's like the only card, you can only do it once. Therefore, if two brothers both do a mimer to one yavama, that's effective, because each one is playing their card. But when one yavam gives a mimer to two co-wives, it's nothing. You can't accomplish. The second mimer is nothing. Our Mishnah has that case where one nine-year-old lived with both co-wives. That's considered a mimer. And you see that, according to the Rabbonon, you see that it's possible to do a mimer to two co-wives. Okay. So it's our Mishnah is not like Benazir. It's a difficult sugis. Mishnah. Ben Teishashan of Yomechad Shabal Yivimta Yumes. A nine year old lived with the Yavama and then died. Okay? So a woman fell to Yivam. So she's, let's say this, Reuven Shimna Levi. Reuven dies. His wife, his, uh, his, his, his Yavama, then Shimon, who's nine years old, 
does Yibam, so it's like he did Mimer, and then dies, and then a Levi. Now, this woman falls to Levi. Now, this woman is bound to both Reuven and Shimon. She's the Yivama of Reuven, and she did the Mimer to Shimon. The halacha is, The Yivama does Chalitza and not Yibam. Based on the Son of Pasuk, we have this early in the Masechta, based on a Pasuk, that when a woman is bound to two houses, she does not to do Yibam, rather she does Chalitza. Nasa Ishameis, if a nine-year-old marries a woman, forget about Yibam, Stam marries a woman, and then dies, does the brother do Yibam? The answer is Petura. No. A nine-year-old cannot accomplish marriage, therefore if he married someone, air quotes, what he thought was marriage, it's not a real marriage, and therefore if he dies without children, the brothers do not have to do Yibam. Okay? A third shita. A nine-year-old does Yibam, so that means that it's considered Maimer. And when he reached adulthood, he marries another woman, so he's got two wives. He's got one wife as a bar mitzvah boy, as an adult, she's a regular wife, and then he has the Yivama, which is his brother's wife, that he had done, he had lived with as a Maimer, so he's got two wives, one's a regular wife, and one is a woman who's bound to two houses, and then he dies. So what's the halacha? So he's got these two wives. So, if the wife that he had done Yibam, if he did not live with her as an adult, so she stays as that status of having bound to the first husband and then having maimer to the katan, the halacha is, you do chalitza to her, and the second one, meaning you do chalitza to her because she's bound to two houses, but the second one, you could either do Yibam or chalitza. Now, the Gemara is going to ask, why should the why should the co-wife, shouldn't the co-wife have the same status? Usually the co-wife, like co-wife of an Arab, is like an Arab, a co-wife. So if the first wife, you could only do chalitza, shouldn't the co-wife also, you only be allowed to do chalitza? The Gemara is going to address that. Rav Shimon says, Rav Shimon again, he looks at a nine-year-old's bia as not a mimer, it's either everything or nothing. So you have these two wives. One's a regular wife, and one was a woman who was connected to the first husband, and then he did he did bia. So it's either so it's it's either his wife because it accomplishes everything, or he accomplished nothing and it's his first wife. So mimanoshach, meaning and and, and it, it's not a case of being bound to two two houses because according to Rosh it's not like mimer. According to Rosh a nine year old bia is either nothing or everything, and therefore you have these two wives. One you have to do yibum. And the second one, you one you should do yibam, and the other one do chalitza. The only reason why you do chalitza to the other one is because we don't know if they're co-wives. Meaning, if the brother, meaning if this woman is not bound to two houses, she's either the first husband's, the first brother's wife, and what he did accomplished nothing, or he accomplished everything, and they're co-wives. But mamanushach, you know, there's no halachic problem here. So you just do yibam to one, and the other one you do chalitza just to hedge your bets. The halacha is, all these halachas are the same for a 9-year-old or a 20-year-old that did not have Shtei Cyrus. If you don't have Shtei Cyrus by the age of 20, you also have the status of a katan. Up to the age of 20, you have the status of a katan. Okay, Amar Rava. Rava says like this. This concept that when a woman is connected to two Yevamen, that you do chalitza, the halacha is that when a woman is bound to two houses, like we have in our Mishnah, or a woman who whose husband died and then one brother did Maimer and then died, 
The halacha is, you, you do chalitza on her, not just when she has a tzara, not just when there's a co-wife, where there's concerns of optics, because you can't marry both, because it looks like you're marrying, uh, you know, two women from one house. The halacha is, you do chalitza always, even when there's no co-wife, because our mission is no co-wife, and you still only do chalitza. That's the halacha. Tanino hadetan rabbanan, nasa ishu right? If a, a nine-year-old marries a woman and then dies, there's no yibum because it wasn't a real marriage. The Brisa speaks this out. If a shaita or a katan marry a woman and yibum. the wives do not do chalitza or yibum. Okay, one more last sugya, and then I think it's a gadita, which is nice. Bentesha shot him if a nine-year-old, yeah, had uh, he did yibum, so that's maimer. And then when he got became 13, he had another wife. So the halacha is, if he did not live with the Yavama at the, at, above the age of our mitzvah, so she's stuck in that stage of being bound to two houses, so the halacha is, you, um, you do chalitza, and the second wife, um, the, the one who just he had as a bar mitzvah boy, that you do yibam or chalitza. So the question is, v'yasu b'yaz b'nteisha k'maymer begadol v'tidchat sarm yibam. The question is, you have two wives. One you can only do chalitza. The other one, we're saying you can do yibam or chalitza. Why? L'chora, the co-wife should be treated like, the co-wife should be treated the same. Which is that if one you could do chalitza, she should exempt the co-wife from also being able to do yibam. And it should be that both could only do chalitza. So the Gemara says... Meaning, if you have if you have a a, a woman who felt yibum, and the one brother did maimer and then he died, so that woman is bound to two houses. So we say she does chalitza. If she has a co-wife, the co-wife also does chalitza. So it's over here. If you're treating the yibum of a nine-year-old like a maimer, so it should be that not only does the first wife uh, you only do chalitza, like the Mishnah says, it should be that the co-wife also you only do chalitza. So the Gemara says, Amir Rav The truth is, we don't treat a maimer's bia like an, a, a, a child's bia like a maimer. We don't. Meaning, it's like a maimer, but not like a maimer. We'll treat it like a maimer, but not to say that the co-wives can only do chalitza. The Gemara Shmuel Amr, no, asu asu. Shmuel says, no, they actually treated it like a maimer. Oh, so if that's the case, if we're going to treat a nine-year-old to be like a maimer, so then if you can only do chalitza to that woman, then shouldn't the co-wife also be treated the same? The Gemara says, tanoihi. The truth is, it's a machlegas tanoi. Yeah. The Gemara says it's actually a machloikes tanoim, meaning, um, yeah, one second, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, basically the question is, when Chazal made it that if you're connected to two houses, you can only do chalitza, the question is, did they extend it to the co-wives as well? It's a Our Mishnah feels that it did not. The early in the Masechta, the Mishnah felt that it did. That it did. Okay. Now, we'll just finish up with the Shigal Gadita. Ozo Rav Elazar, Am Lashmaita Be Midrash, Rav Elazar went and he said the Shita of Rav Yechon and the Beis Medrash. But he didn't quote Rav Yechon and his Rabbi. So he said over this teaching, but he didn't quote Rav Yechon and his Rabbi. So Shem Rav Yechon Vikpid, Rav Yechon heard this and got upset. Why is he not being quoted? Olugumi Rav Ami Vravasi. So Rav Ami Vravasi went to try to calm Rav Yechon down. Amrle, they said, and the way to calm them, him down is by the, is them trying to tell Rav Yechon the severity of being angry. They say, 
There's talking about a, 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 a bolt with a knob on its end, and it comes the laws of Shabbos. There's a homachloikus of whether it could be inserted in the doorpost on Shabbos. Instead of kids on ice, it's not for now. And it got so heated between these two friends. A Shakaru Sefer and a Sefer was ripped out of anger. So you see that it got so heated. So that's their way of saying that you should calm down. So Karo saw that, and says, you, you think Tanayim actually ripped the Sefer Torah? Unintentionally, a Sefer Torah got ripped. They were pulling at the Sefer Torah, trying to prove their point, and it got ripped. So they're trying to tell Rav Yechonon the severity of being angry. And Rav Yechonon Kisma was there when the Sefer Torah got ripped, and he said... I'm shocked if this shul won't turn into a church for kachav and kachav. So that's so that's their way of telling Rabbi Yechon and their Rebbe to calm down. Hadarik b'tverevichon got angrier. Amar chavrus anami. So he said, listen, the reason why over there was so bad when they got angry between Rav Loza and Rav Yosi that it led to Sefer being ripped is because they're chavrusas. Chavrusas shouldn't get so angry that they rip a Sefer But he says, I'm his Rebbe. I'm Rav Loza's Rebbe. So why is Rav Eliezer? Why why is he not quoting me? I'm his Rebbe. I'm allowed to get angry. It's for teaching purposes. So Ula got me Rav Yaakov Veridi. Rav Yaakov Veridi went into the room and he calmed Rav Yechon down the following. I'm like, Kashet Siva Hashem is Moshe Ivdu Kain Siva Hashem Moshe Yeshua Kain Osa Moshe Vleheser Davim Kolashet Siva Hashem is Moshe. Everything that Hashem commanded Moshe, he commanded to Yeshua. You see that Yeshua was the transmission of Moshe's Torah. So says Rav Yosef and Kis Rav Yaakov Veridi. The Chayal called Davish Amr Yeshua Hayoymer Lam Kacham LeMoshe. Do you think that every time Yeshua ben Nun said a halacha, he would say Kacham LeMoshe, Kacham LeMoshe? No, rather Yeshua Yosef Adarish Stam Yeshua would just say over the halacha. Everyone knew that it was Moshe Rabbeinu. Meaning, everyone knew that he was a transmitter of Moshe's Torah. So too, after Rav Elazar Talmidecha Yosef Adarish Stam, I call Yadim Mishalachu. Therefore, said Rav Yaakov Baridi, when Rav Elazar teaches, everyone knows he's your Talmud. Therefore, even if he doesn't quote you, everyone knows that it's your Torah. So Amr Lehem, he says, I wish you could make me calm like uh, Rav Idi, meaning you should have said like him. So the Gemara just ends with this, Why did Rav Yechon get so upset if he's not being quoted? What does he care about COVID for? The answer is, Amr Rav Idi Marav, said that I want to live in your tent forever. I want to live forever. How do you live forever? At some point everyone has to die. How do you live here? The world, it should be the will of Hashem. Go to the next page. That I should be quoted after I pass away. That when you quote a Tamachachim after you pass away, his lips are moving in the kever. That's why Rabbi Yechon wanted to be quoted. Because as the Bnei Yisrael teaches, that that's an opportunity for Tzadikim to give Torah after they pass away. It's an opportunity for them to continue transmitting Torah, for them to continue learning Torah after they pass away, to use your body as a vessel. That's Taka Kedai to, to be upset about to be quoted properly. I will stop here.